Yep. Busy, busy. Good. Hi. And we go live in three, two, one. This week on Erotic Awakening, being connected in a scene, old person polyamory, and vivid sex dreams. We'd like to thank our latest Patreon supporters, Andre and Nicholas. We enjoy creating and recording these podcasts, and we hope you enjoy listening to them. When you become our patron, it gives us the chance to apply more energy to creating. For as little as a dollar a month, you can not only support the podcast, <laughs> but also get access to special content. Head over to patreon.com slash erotic awakening to take a look at your options. And regardless, thank you for listening or watching the show. Indeed. So welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. This week on the podcast, we are going to talk about those scenes where you are really connected to the other person. And we'll mm -hmm. talk about what that actually means in a moment. And we are also going to talk about from our 50 actually fairly decent sex questions. We have okay. some questions about erotic dreams and nudity and things like that. Okay. But we're starting off with this question of the day. Dawn, you are a, uh, I would have to say, over 20-year-old person. <laughs> I was going to say, where are you going with this? Yes. Oh, definitely over 20. Thank God. Over <laughs> well, 30. Thank God. <laughs> over 40? Mm -hmm. I don't know how long you, how far you want to go with that. Do you perceive, do you think, we know some polyamory people of all age ranges, everything from, uh, I think 74 is the oldest person we know who's polyamorous. I think so. Yeah. All right the way there. down to, um, apparently now, uh, I understand there's a 14-year-old who is connected in our poly metamor adult children pool who says they are contemplating whether oh, they're polyamorous. got it children of our metamors yes, that are yes, thank you yes. <laughs> i'm like who are you talking about <laughs> so do you think there's any difference between being polyamorous at and let's not say 14 because you're but let's say in the in the 20 to 30 yeah. year old range mm -hmm. and coming to, to polyamory as you are maybe post 40 or older I think there is a difference. Um, I think the younger people kind of get it a little more. They're exposed to it mm -hmm. a little more. So um, whereas older people, most of us were raised um, monogamy. Yeah. White picket fence. Find the one. If you get married and you're unhappy, then you cheat or, you know, things like that. Not go out and find other ethical relationships and keep this ethical as well, you know, and things like that. We're not taught that. Right. So, you know, when you find out when somebody cheats, it's like, okay, well, that's sad. But, you know, the results of that is sad, <laughs> but it's kind of like expected. So, I don't know that I would go so far as to say it's expected. It's certainly prevalent in culture. It's certainly prevalent. It's certainly not a horror. It's not a mind-blowing surprise when you find out somebody's yeah, and cheating it could or just being be the on. environment I was raised in, right? It could like, well be. Yes, it was like not unheard of for that to happen quite a bit. So the interesting thing, I I totally agree with you. One of the challenges, or whether the challenges you and I had as we began to explore polyamory is there wasn't a lot of language around it. There wasn't any. Very true. There was the. Um, Yahoo Groups was just becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. 
there was the IRC, which is the old school chat. <laughs> so and old. even a little bit further <laughs> back than that, right? You would have tried to hook up with people via magazines and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like but, what, Swing Time? But it was mostly Swinger magazines. There weren't like Poly magazines. Right. The, the language of polyamory yeah. was obscure. It was unknown. It was mm -hmm. certainly not known to you and I until we started to get involved and things started looking around. Right. Um, now, it doesn't mean that the concept wasn't there. And as I right. said, we have a couple of friends that are in their 70s that say they've always been polyamorous, right? Well, and some of them are from the hippie generation. So free love. Right. Free love, baby. <laughs> Which is interesting because the term polyamory was coined early 70s? I'm thinking it was the 70s. I'd really have to look it up. But it was Morning Glory Zell. Mm -hmm. So, and um, she passed recently in the last couple of years. And she coined the term. And um, I need to look up more about that. But Did I'm you, thinking it was the 70s. I know she, Did she. I thought she coined the term compersion, not necessarily polyamory. Mm -mm, she coined the term okay. polyamory. Well, it was a group in California that coined the term compersion. So modern younger people... They have uh, polyamory in music. They have polyamory television shows, oh, although yeah. some of them are explored. Like married, dating, and single is not necessarily a great representation of polyamory, but it right. is a representation of polyamory. Uh, and the language, the word polyamory. If you walk into a high school and say polyamory, most, most people there get it. They know the is. word, just like they and all the other language that is common now along that. But so much so that our youngest came to us and said, you know what? I'm trying to find somebody to date. I'm actually looking online and in other places that he does in person. And he's like, why is everybody poly? Right. I'm just looking for a monogamous partner that I can create a life with and I can't find it. Mm -hmm. So, and well, even our oldest, his partner used to be poly. So... When she met him, she was. So. But I think the, the other challenge that older people that are getting involved in polyamory, especially if they're already in an existing relationship, is you have a lot of built-in ideologies mm -hmm. and built-in philosophies and built-in, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be. So just regardless of the fact that you may, you know, and I'm even going to take away the whole, if you're in an existing relationship already. Okay. Right. I spent... 35 years being programmed that monogamy is the correct way to do it. Right. 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 And it wasn't until that I turned 35 that I started to explore polyamory. Mm -hmm. So not only did I have to learn this new language, but I also had to get past all of this conditioning that I went through. Absolutely. Right? Where if, if you're in your twenties nowadays, you're not carrying that burden of, you are carrying that burden of conditioning. I'm not going to say you're not, but even if you had the same, you same conditioning that I did, you have less time that you're being conditioned. Oh, that's true. And the reality is you're not having likely to have that same conditioning because again, in the music, in the uh, media, mm -hmm. polyamory is something, well, how there's, there's conventions in polyamory now, right? right? But, um, our poly Columbus group gets 50 people per thing. Our yep. beyond our love, love event is yeah. going to have 250, 300. maybe even 300 people yeah. at it this year. So, I think the biggest challenge is just getting over this. For me, at least, it was getting over the preconceived notion of what the real and appropriate relationship styles are. Mm -hmm. 
So true, true. I, I, I totally agree with that. Because like I said, I was supposed to have the white picket fence. I was supposed to have so many children and the dog and always remain faithful. I mean, how many love songs, though there are Polly love songs and, and you know, what is it? Um, I'm in love with Jill and Jane. Yes. Or Jill and I Jane. like both Jill and Jane. I love both. Yeah. So. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Jay and Jane. Jay and Jane. Yes. I'm like, it's supposed to be a boy and a girl. Like yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so there are songs like that. There's also the songs of I will always remain faithful to my one yes. and true. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, if you're out there and you say, look, we're going to have a polyamory triad wedding of some sort, try mm -hmm. and find music to go with that. Good luck. Right. Because it's <laughs> all, kind of hard, yeah. you know, always and forever. You'll be my only one. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will stalk you forever. <laughs> yes. If you think that older and or younger people have an easier time with the polyamory, tell us what you think. You can head over to our Facebook page, Erotic Awakening Podcast, all one word, and all share your words. thoughts. Indeed. Thoughts. Share your thoughts. Share your thoughts. Yeah, because I'm feeling a little... No, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm feeling a little old today, but it's not true. We just spent five hours. I was gonna on a say, I'm feeling yeah, tired, but it's because we rode our asses yeah. around the place. Look so, at the suntan. It's it. Yeah, awesome. I got a little. If bit. you're on the, if you're listening to the podcast right now, you're not seeing. You're anything, not seeing but. it. So, but yeah, it's time to tan up a little bit. I do notice though our video is a bit skewed, isn't it? We're like on a on a rocking ship we, a little bit. A, oh, okay. oh well. <laughs> Do not adjust your camera at home, folks. It's it our problem us. here. It's not your eyeballs. So, Dawn, I understand that you and I are using the Instagram now. Our Instagram random follower of the week is Chaotix Neutral, and they enjoyed our salad-flavored ice cream. Yeah, we posted a picture of that balsamic fig ice cream that yes. you and Katie made me try. It was, I did um, not want to try that. All I could think of was it was going to taste like salt and vinegar chips. We were up visiting our good friends, Kevin and Katie, and yep. we did the grocery shopping, and we happened to find, among other strange things, balsamic, balsamic ice cream. Fig. Balsamic fig. Ugh. And we did not get that. But then when we went back the next day, I decided, look, we got to try it. You How try often it. do you try balsamic ice cream? And little did I know, Katie had this exact same thought, and she also had a quart of that same ice cream. Fortunately, we figured it out before we got through line, and one of us put I'm it back. I'm a very adventurous person. I, I'm a very adventurous person, not when it comes to weird foods. So what did you think of you balsamic ice cream? You and I are cream? very different. I love weird food. I know you do. I, I'm not so I much. like trying the new but, stuff. But I did try it, right? And I tried it with my eyes closed and squinted and waiting for the vinegar, right? Uh -huh. It was balsamic vinegar. And... um. No, it was actually kind of tame. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of tame. A little chewy with the figs. I, I rather enjoyed it. <laughs> you can find us posting pictures of all kinds of stuff on Instagram. Uh, we are Erotic Awakening over there. So, awesome. So, we also had um, on the last question of the day, um, when to tell people about kinky. We got a lot of feedback on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. When to tell people when you start dating someone, yeah, whether yeah, you're yeah. how geeky or how kinky, how kinky you are. How kinky you are. Or how geeky how geeky you are. You are. Ah, yes, that, that could work, too. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but we had... Um... It's no wonder our translating or our... Um, what it's not translating, it is... Oh, Dictate, it's not dictating. Not, it's not dictating. It is translating. Transcribing. Transcribing yes. software has such a hard time <laughs> with us. Because here we are going back and forth. It's the, the, the first time I tried to do all the, the changes, I just looked at it again today because there's mm -hmm. one I have to trans or fix the transcribing on. And um, oh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Bad. It's because we talk over each other too and it doesn't know what to do. So Don, here we go with 50 dirty questions that I make both you turned on and both you make you sex want. Okay. I'm not editing that. 
know what made me want sex recently, but uh, what's that? They, they left too early this morning, and I had something to do here at the space. I think that was a private thing, but that was yeah, interesting. Yeah. That made you want sex with one of them. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen her in a while. <laughs> I haven't seen her in a while. We're talking about two different things. What are you talking about? This morning at our house. Oh, at our house. Yes. I thought you meant here at the space. No, I we didn't a, know them. <laughs> we had a private rental here at the Columbus space, and I thought that's where you were going on no. about. No. I heard you guys smooching. Yeah. Just so you know. Just a little bit. Then they had to go. Um, Don, so how would you, fifty number 33 from the 50 Dirty Questions, okay. how would you respond if a couple approached you to be their third? Ooh. Sounds kind of hot. I think I'd be on board. Did, talk so, to you about it, of course. Are we assuming it's a threesome? <laughs> See, I take this to mean this is a poly situation. Oh, now that's true. Third. And that could be a little more difficult, right? Because I already have a very complete life here. Mm -hmm. So to be a third with a couple in a poly triad, uh -huh. I don't know that that would work. So I would really have to discuss it with them. First, I'd be excited because it's something I haven't done before. Right. And then all the challenges would pop in because that's the way my brain works, mm -hmm. right? So and the challenges would pop in about how I would be someone else's third. And, um, you know, if we discussed it and we discussed it, with, there might be a way to make it work. But as long as there was sex involved, um, I'd, I'd be thinking about it. Are you listening podcast? <laughs> Well, how would you do it? How I'm down you? for it, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Hey, out there in video land or podcast. Well, video land. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey, hey. Sorry. <laughs> That's not going to get me late at all. In podcast land, I am absolutely down for being your third. And I tell you why. Because you, I, my perception of how I would want to be a third in somebody else's relationship mm -hmm. is that they are running the show. And they're just going to call me and say, hey, Dan, we're going to a concert. You free? And I'll be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, shit, yeah. And I could do that kind of relationship. Easy. After hot, sexy time or after eating or board games, they'd be like, okay, go home third. And I'm like, cool. I've got a home. I'm yeah. out of here. See, that I could do. Yeah. Uh, now, for me, being somebody's third, mm -hmm. probably be working better if it was a pair of bisexual women for me. That is true. Whereas, let's see, do I have any stipulations? No, no I'm good with it all. <laughs> Dawn, what is the most flattering thing someone has said about your naked body? Flattering thing about my naked body? I have no clue. Huh. Flattering thing about my naked body. Because I've had flattering things about my eyes. And you know why? Because when I take off my glasses, I have to open my eyes real wide oh, okay. to be able to see you. <laughs> but naked body... Um, Hell, I don't know. Have you ever said it? You've said flattering things Absolutely. about my naked body, but all the time. But it used to, well, see, I'm, I'm picturing it because I was going to say it used to be my hips. Uh -huh. Some people liked my hips. When I had the belly reduction surgery, when I had that skin surgery, I have no hips. So, so yes, I have had comments about my hips. They just don't exist anymore. I'm going to suggest that might be the answer for you. I, being a male-bodied person, only remember comments about my cock. Oh. You know, I have now, you know, you know what? The, okay. the, the truth <laughs> of the matter is on occasion, and I was, oh, that wasn't naked, but on occasion when you and I are really hitting the gym and really into this whole, mm -hmm. because I have such little itty-bitty chicken arms. arms to start with. Nice if I put ones. any muscle on them, then it's they very look visible. Awesome. They look awesome. I don't know about so, awesome, but, but it's you visible. know what? You have made comments about my clit before. Oh, absolutely. I was 
gonna I, that. Actually, I have actually Deb Addington. Deb Addington made comments about my clit. So the person that wrote A Hand in the Bush, which mm -hmm. is a fisting book, I actually got to do a fisting with her. I was the demo. And she told me when she saw my clit that I was hung like a horse. So whatever <laughs> that means in the clit department. So that was a compliment. I'm it sure. was a compliment. It was def it's definitely findable. Side note, <laughs> if you are a fan of the Deb Addington, she is up for a Pantheon of Leather Award this year. Is she really? Because yes. she kind of got out of the community for a while to to she's got other interests that, that mm -hmm. she was putting all her time in. But really she is. She is. Do I get to vote on that? You may, you may. Oh, I want to. I really love her stuff. And finally, Dawn, when is the last time you had a vivid sex dream? A vivid? Ooh, a vivid sex dream. Because I do have them quite a bit, don't, actually. Don't, don't, don't tap my about, thing. Yes, don't. <laughs> um, not recently enough that I remember. Okay. Have you had a vivid sex dream recently? Oh, my. I feel like I have, but I cannot recall... Yeah. The most recent one. Um, so I'm going to have to go, no, yeah. I can't, I can't. That's, that's the way I am. It's kind of like, I feel like I should be remembering something, but I don't. So yeah, maybe we're having them and forgetting them in that's, the morning. goes back to old people, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, to jump back to that topic for a moment, uh -huh. the biggest challenge of people that are of our age bracket, polyamory wise. Yeah. I don't remember who, what story I told who. <laughs> You know, there are actually... And not, not like I'm making up stories, but it's more right. like the long, oh, I told you what happened at work the other day. No, you didn't. Yeah, we spent... Remember sitting over coffee? No, that wasn't me. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Who's, who did I have? <laughs> remember that restaurant we never went to? Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> actually, there are other challenges. If we ever have that topic again, there's other challenges with being older, you know, and doing poly. We actually had somebody... The, the reason this came up to... No wonder our transcription service has a horrible time. <laughs> We're all the way back on a different topic. The reason this came up is that our Beyond the Love conference coming up in November, mm -hmm. somebody wanted to present that topic. What it's like for older people to have their polyamory versus younger people, that kind of Gen X polyamory yeah. is, I think, what they wanted to present on. Okay. And uh, that's really what it got my wheels turning on thinking about that myself. Right. So, yeah, because there are challenges. Yeah. There just really are. Apparently, we will be talking about that again. I think it could be a whole show, actually. It looks <laughs> like we have some new subscribers we to the Erotic Awakening newsletter. Awesome. And I did send out a newsletter recently, and these people are replacing the people that unsubscribe. Yes, So I send one out Although like we're, we're every two months. One every two months. <laughs> for example, Christina from Michigan. Christina from Michigan. Oh, I see that now. Yes. And Marcel from South Africa. Mistress Sharky from West Virginia. Love that name. Uh-huh. Norma from Texas. Meister from Germany. Freya from New Jersey. And Laura from Pennsylvania have all recently joined the Erotic Awakening so newsletter. A little international there. Absolutely. Some, yeah, yeah, New Jersey, like that. man. That's out there. <laughs> Get your EA shout out. Head over to eroticawakening.com and you'll find a link to the EA newsletter. And we don't send out shit on that thing. Well, I want some up two cents. No. Yeah. I, I said. Couple once every months. couple of months. Yep. I have it on my schedule to do it once a month and other things get in the way. So, you know, between the stuff that we do here at the space and the stuff we're producing and hell, regular jobs. Yeah. I, I, I get it out there every now and then. Every now and then. So. John, Dawn, tell me you about your experience as a cam girl. I oh, wait, wait. Have... Professional. <laughs> Professional. 
I don't have any experience as a cam girl. As a professional cam girl. Okay. You have experience, I know for a fact, oh. because I was the director. <laughs> You've absolutely been a cam girl. You just didn't make money yet. That is true. And they're hot too. And we've, you're right, because we've watched our own stuff while we've been fucking. Yeah. And I, I will <laughs> and say, so hot. we've interviewed a cam girl, a cam model, I thought. You did. You did. Months ago, so, years ago, maybe. Years ago, and, and then I don't we know saw that, her at a convention. Did we? Yeah, I forget. Doing cameos? No. no, just there. Just there. Yeah. Um, somebody wrote in asking if we have any advice or experience, and the answer is no. So no, as a professional cam cam girl, no experience whatsoever. And they asked me on FET, like mm -hmm. you said. So we thought we'd throw it out to the audience to see if anybody has experience as a cam girl. I don't know if she's trying to get started or trying to find out the challenges or or what it is. But I am 95% sure that if you go through the archives of the Erotic Awakening podcast, you're going to find a yes. interview that I did with a cam girl and the name it's just eluding me, I unfortunately. Like I can, yeah, and she was at, oh, she was at, it wasn't Sexapalooza. It was the other sex one convention that was here in town. Mm -hmm. So, and I can't think of the no, name of it. I, damn. Damn, we go to so many sex conventions, we can't keep them track. I know, I know. So, awesome. But if anybody's got any information and wants to write in or, you know, go to the website, find the comment form or write us on Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or if you just want to do a cam show for Dawn and I, we'll be happy oh. to watch. You know, in one of our little cam shows, George was a guest of honor. Remember George, oh, the tentacle dildo? Not uh, Void George, who we're about to talk about in a moment. No, <laughs> no. We haven't met Void George yet, have we? Not to our knowledge. I don't think so. Speaking so, of the, well, what were you going to say? No, I was thinking um, for people that have listened to old shows, I used to have George, the big purple tentacle dildo mm -hmm. <laughs> from Bad Dragon. Love Bad Dragon. And um, we've got video of George and me. You took the video. I am so well don't aware look of at that. me no, surprised. No. I don't remember <laughs> publishing that to the web. We did not publish that to the web. That's our camp. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Speaking of, Void, speaking of Void George, he did send us in a polyamory TED Talk. Thank you. He did. That was I actually watched that. So that was pretty good. Good. So Don, did you know that the polyamory TED Talk podcast is higher rated than Erotic Awakening? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you listen and or watch. Or just tell your friends. Any technical links coming in? Uh yes. Because <laughs> there ain't no food on boobs. I know. Tell us about tentacles. So uh, tentacles that have come in, you know, like I said, some people send me links, some people send me stuff. So we had self-bound send me a, it was a thigh tentacle tattoo. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, and on um, um, Freya's back last uh -huh. night, she showed, showed me her finished tattoo. Oh, is it finished? And it's got, yeah, it's finished and it's got tentacles. Oh, in it it. oh it's amazing. So, um, but a uh, self-bound sent me a thigh tentacle tattoo and mm -hmm. that was really, really nicely done. Uh, Chip sent me a bunch of links. So, uh -huh. I get to, so hi Chip. I get to look at all those links. And then Neophyte Oshin sent me, um, it wasn't tentacles, but it's considered tentacle porn. I was just looking at it during the director's meeting. Yes. So Barrett kind of looked over and was like, what you looking at? Yes. <laughs> but instead of tentacle 
or demons or um, aliens, it's plants, right? And the plants, and I don't know what the main character is. I don't know if she's like a little um, imp or sprite or something like that. And she gets trapped by the roots of a plant mm -hmm. and they're doing their naughty yes. thing. And yeah, that works. That that's, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be tentacles, right? It have to be tentacles. It can be anything that grabs you and takes you. <laughs> that tentacles. Really, yes. Well, that's just like, what's the, um, the show with Bruce Campbell? Uh, the movie Evil with Dead. Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead. Yes. When the girl runs out of the cabin and falls down in the woods and the vines come yes, up and yes. trap her and around the throat. And, yeah. The, um, <laughs> tentacle vine i noticed uh i was reading that as well over your shoulder something about the the line that the the tentacle monster thingy said something about i'm no lazy demon that's just gonna let my cock stand around there right right so there you go <laughs> um this is not true the person remote we've seen most recently in person at cope we saw rain who is gadget's friend and i believe we sent gadget a deck of cards i think that's what rain. she said but uh, oh via rain yes i think so and that's the reason i say that's not true is because last night at the first saturday play party we met two people that are podcast listeners oh, really? that, oh. Um, yes I'm yeah because they walked through the registration room and then realized that i was dawn and then you said something oh they said thanks for the podcast and you turn around and said you're welcome and they're like oh you're dan right <laughs> That was nice. But we I did not get their names. No, we did not collect their names. The appropriate permissions to say their names, but we uh, did see you when you saw we us. Did. So. Uh, so there you go. That is pretty much it. Before we get into that big topic of connection, it is. But you know, we got some stuff coming up. Our year is not done with the presenting thing. No. So we have um, Second Saturday Society in Holland, Michigan, coming up on August twenty fifth. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, yeah. And then we have um, GLLA in Indianapolis. So on September 6th through the 9th, and we just got our information about you and I are going to be judging a presenter. Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Yes. Yeah. So presenter Shark Tank. So Dan and I will be there judging for that. So and it, it's where people come in and um, do little mini presentations. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then we judge them on and that. And give them so, some feedback oh, on you know, what, what yeah. makes a better presentation. You know, what can you do to beef up your presenting skills? Yes. And we've done the, those type of um, workshops here at the space. Mm -hmm. So where it's me, you, Barak and Sheba. And we have people bring in their presentations because they want to be critiqued. They want to get into the presentation circuit. So they come and they present and we give them our feedback. And sometimes, um, at least here at the space, we've actually chosen some of them to present at some of our events. And, and Shark Tank will be doing the same thing. Shark at Tank will be yep. awesome. So, so that's that. Hope to that. see you there. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so Dawn, there we go. Great. Thanks for sitting with me and doing a podcast. Oh, we're not done yet. We're not done? We're not done. We so somebody had written in, and for our topic of the day, somebody had written in and says, hi, Dan and Dawn. Hi. I'm curious. <laughs> I don't know if they waited pause, but perhaps they did. I'm curious about the concept of connection. I've heard Dawn say that sometimes she can have a scene with someone who she has never played with before and feel a deep sense of connection. That's true. Uh, they had mentioned that they are monogamous. They do kick it up once in a while. Sometimes the missus says, our kink feel Kink play feels very connected. Sometimes it feels like you're just in the mood to hit someone and my butt happens to be available. <laughs> well, there are two different ways to to have a, a scene, right? Well, there's a couple of different ways. So two. last night mm -hmm. I had a 
number of scenes. Right. And you were slutting it up last night. I was slutting it up last night. Very yeah. strange, very different <laughs> for me. Um, and actually, it was interesting because I started off, uh, one of my partners, Kat, was there. And like very beginning of the, the thing, she's like, are you going to have any time for me? And I said, no, I very much doubt it. Don't have no expectations because right. we're well, running we're the We're running the party. We have toilet paper to change and printouts to do. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. So then at the, we opened the doors at 730. Then at 8 o'clock, social room had 40 people in it, but nobody was playing yet. Right. So I said, well, shit, we got to play and you That's were busy. Well, they were all listening to me give the newcomers right. <laughs> a speech. <laughs> so Kat and I played, and I would say because we have a, a longer relationship, it is easy to feel connected to somebody that you have a long-term relationship with. Been mm -hmm. with Kat four years, we've been practicing, right? Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that is, but it's not just time. Right. And then I did Yeah, because mine's not always time. I did some pickup play, which wasn't necessarily – it was just somebody – who was there for the first time. Mm -hmm. They had a little blue wristband on. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you want to just go play? And she's like, okay, let's go play. So we did. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily as connecting, right? So what does that actually mean, this, this sense of connection, right? Because the scenes were not the same, but basically the same. Right. I had toys. The person I was playing with was on a cross or on a bench. Mm -hmm. I hit the person with the toys, mm -hmm. you know? So why would, why, why, what makes a connected scene for you? For me, um, it's about how vulnerable I can be and how much I can let my walls down. As, as the receiver. As the receiver. Okay. So sometimes I can do that with a new person. It depends on the, the energy flow, right? Um, with you, it's very easy to connect with you. Sometimes, usually very easy to connect with you, right? Sometimes I get locked in my head and my head's going with the, hey, we should really be doing this thing instead of this thing. And then I have to take that breath and let all this go and just be with you in the moment mm -hmm. and have intention, right? Have the intent to be with you in the moment so that my walls will drop. Right. And then I can be vulnerable with you and we can have that connection, right? So sometimes with a new person, I've been able to do that. They've been able to just the way they look at me, you know, their walls are down, right? They're, they're giving something that I can give back to. Mm -hmm. And then to have that intention, because I much prefer a scene where there's connection. I have no interest in being thrown up on a cross and being beat. And then I run off to the next person. Right. That right. is not the way I play. If I only get one scene in an event and it's a good connected scene, I'm a happy girl. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like last weekend, right. I had a wrestling scene, so it was connected, <laughs> you know, and I've played with them before. Right. So it was easier with that one. And we had chatted a lot beforehand and stuff like that. So it was a good connected scene. Um, gosh, I had a scene with someone in New York who I did not know mm -hmm. and it was a good connected scene. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I had to work to get there. Yeah. You know, I was a presenter. I was on stage, but she was a presenter on stage. Right. So we had to work to get there. And we actually talked about it beforehand that I sometimes have a hard time mm -hmm. connecting with people. But once I do, that connection is there. And that's a great example of one of the challenges of, of a connected scene is that that same event in New York where you were mm -hmm. having your scene. I was having another scene right next door. Yes. Right. And and that scene started right with me building 
space. Mm-hmm. Right? I saw you. Doing the whole woo thing, right? Yeah. Really building that space. And then to have right before the scene got started to have somebody come over and say, hey, I need this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but hey, this is kind of my space. Can you move somewhere else? Mm-hmm. It's not exactly what they said, not but exactly it was, what, it was what their intent was, right? Yeah. So I had to pick up all my shit and move and it kind of broke that mood, right? Yeah. So the environmental factors, right? When you're right next to me, for me not to be having a scene with someone else, for me not to to let that draw some of my attention. Oh yeah. Breaks from the connection I'm doing with the other person. I had to energetically build a wall Mm -hmm. between us because of the noises I was hearing over here. Yeah. So, and you would ask me if it was going to be okay. And I said, it was going to be okay. I really, you know, really thought that, you know, we could Mm -hmm. have two scenes next to each other with different people, but there was a couple of moments where energy shield back up. And and I did the same thing for myself. I said, this is the person I'm playing with. I'm going to trust that Dawn's fine. Mm -hmm. Disconnect from you and your scene, so to speak, mm-hmm. and be focused on what I'm doing. Well, I got a whisper in my ear, you know, are you here with me? And I'm like, well, actually, I just heard something that drew me away. And she's like, oh, you're here with me. And another needle went into the room. <laughs> so, you know, so there's ways of creating yes. that connection, the, right? <laughs> another, so on that level of connection, and one of the things that I've come to realize to go all the way back to what I was talking about when we started mm-hmm. is environmentally. When you and I are here at the space, running the play party, I can step away from, okay, Dawn, you're in charge. I'm going to go play. Mm -hmm. But I really, normally I fail to do that well. Yeah. Especially for kinky and geeky, it's even worse. Yeah. Because I'm a little more invested in that. Right. Because you're actually hosting and making sure people are having a good time. With the party, we just kind of have to make sure everybody's doing much more group effort. effort. And I've had um, a massage at one of our play parties here. Right. And it is so hard. And I know this person and I'm a friend with this person and it would easily, I wanted a connection during that scene, but my ear was turned to who is that screaming? Oh wait, I know them. They scream all the time. They're Mm -hmm. okay. You know, who is this walking by me? Or is it, are they walking by me because they're hoping to get my attention because they need something. So as a producer and as someone that's a director of the space, it can be a little more challenging, but I'm sure everybody's got their own, challenges like that mm-hmm. right so ours might be a little unique but you know everybody's got those challenges but, but regardless of that ours is unique right it's so recognize that the environmental factors whatever they are are going to mm-hmm. prevent you from having a connected scene even if you are playing at home and if you know that the baby's sleeping two rooms over right right that can can decrease the connection if you come into the scene thinking oh man today at work was such a pain in the ass tomorrow i'm 400 emails behind and all that kind of stuff right Mm -hmm. to not allow yourself that space to recognize now is now we're in a scene right now this is what we're doing right now being in the moment is very important for all of that um remember the guy that when we were toe dipping and seeing if you were going to be jealous seeing me with another guy and we brought him to the house And um, you were in the balcony above us. Our house had a balcony. It was so cool. So, you know, balcony up here. So you could watch from the balcony and not be in our space. Mm -hmm. And then we were in that space. I was able to look at this guy, look him in the eye. I mean, it could have been very robotic if I'd have wanted it to, right? This was just about you watching us and seeing if you got jealous. And instead, I was able to look this guy in the eye breathe with him, create that connection, and then spend some time with him. And it was almost like there was a bubble around us. Even though you were there, there was still a bubble around us. And that connection was created. So I can do that with strangers, Mm -hmm. right? If the energy feels right. Right. And that one worked. And 
then I got the phone call the next day that he'd fallen in love with me. So I introduced him to more people so he could fall in love with them. <laughs> yes. I, and it, now let me ask you a quick, really quick sidebar question. Do you remember what his cock tastes like? No. Okay. I don't know why that struck me. Yeah? Yes. I don't. I remember the instance and I remember being with yeah. him and I remember all of that. Right. But no, I don't remember the okay. taste. Not related to this topic at all. I was just curious. Okay. So <laughs> this idea, and I think that really what it comes down to is whether you're going to create a connected scene, a connected scene with somebody that you're familiar with is probably going to be a little bit easier because they're going to be more, more likely to be vulnerable. Yes. Right. That seems to be the key. And for me as a top, I'm less likely that I'm going to feel judged. Right. That, there's some, not necessarily judge, that's not really the right way, but maybe that's kind of the way to say it, to say, am I doing a good job, mm -hmm. right? Part of it for me to be in a connected scene is to let go of that idea of, am I doing a good job? Am yeah. I being a good top? Am I giving them yeah. what they're looking for? And just let myself be and let myself flow. So last night I was supposed to help teach somebody how to do a caning mm -hmm. and you were part of that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I taught them how to cane their partner and then they offered me the canes. And there's part of my head that says, all right, be respectful. You're caning someone's partner. They're watching. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to trick, trip their jealousy trigger or anything like that. You want to be respectful and all that. And part of me said, well, fuck all that shit. Right. I mean, it's important, but it's also like you've given me this gift of letting me play with your partner. Let me give that my full attention yeah. and put all my energy and intent into that. Yeah. Um, and that's is this other key to being connected is to get away from the idea of it's really comes back to what you had said like 10 minutes ago. It's be mindful, be Very fully much. present and, in that moment. And mindful of the person you're with, not just the toys, mm -hmm. right? Cause it just popped into my head. Remember when I got bought in a Dom sub auction in Pennsylvania Go on. and they said, Oh, I understand you've never done rope. Oh, yes. And they gotcha. bought me because they wanted to be my first rope top, you know, yeah. my, my first uh, rope experience. And they spent so much time mindful on the rope and the knots and the placement of the knots and the colors of the rope and the no attention to me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Their connection was with the rope. Yep. I could have been a tree stump. So I got like nothing out of that scene whatsoever. There was no eye contact. There was no... Yeah, I really wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So by the time they were done with the rope, I was done with the scene. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we can take it off now. Yeah. I'm just, I'm done. And, and you know, maybe part of it is going to be recognized, know who you're playing with, right? Mm -hmm. uh, rope, pony play. There's some kinds of play that some people are like, oh, yeah, this is great. And other people are like, oh, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and then I guess for me, the last part about this idea of this connected scene is the idea that the person actually wants a connected scene. True. A lot not of people, everybody does. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people are there for the physical yep. experience, not for the more than physical, right? Yeah. So find out, you know, from that person. You know, I often explain to people when I negotiate to play with them, I say, look, I'm, I, I always say, may I hold your arm look for a moment? bruises left from last week. I see that. <laughs> I'll say, you know, I, I play very sensually, so there's going to be a lot of this. Is that cool for you, mm -hmm. right? And I like to start off scenes with a lot of eye contact mm -hmm. and um, touching and not letting them touch me. But, you know, this very um, connected sort of thing, and it works for some people and it doesn't work for others. It doesn't people. work for some. For some, it's a little too intense. 
For some, it's a little well, too it's personal. Well, it's not necess- too personal is a better yeah. word. Not necessarily too intense, but too personal. They're not there for these personal connections. They're there for the bruises, for the physical aspects. Yeah. And there's nothing right or wrong about that. I think that if we – this, I think this is why we make such shitty swingers. It's because you're not there to make these deep personal connections to people. You're there. Yeah. Some the are, some are, but not. But that hasn't been our experience. Right. I mean, right. I hear different stories, but that hasn't been our experience. Mm-hmm. And then even last night with the caning, mm-hmm. when you had the other top practice a little bit on me before practicing on their partner, that they, they were able to build a connection. Yeah, absolutely. And that was without making eye contact. Now I knew this person, right? Not very well, but I knew them. They've been around quite a bit. And, um, just the way they laid their hand on me, they would cane and then lay a hand on me. There was absolute focus on what my body was doing and what was going on. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was, so there was a little bit of connection there. Absolutely. I didn't feel like a slab of meat on the table. So I felt like a person. Good. And that was that was cool. And I think that's what this person is talking about. Yeah, she didn't say slab of meat, you know, but <laughs> no, but in the mood to hit something in my butt just happened to be there. Yeah. So but um, but yeah, so even even last night, I actually meant to write them today and mm-hmm. let them know that that's what I felt. So I didn't know if that's what their intent was, but that's what I felt. So I may do that later. I, I got from our um and we haven't mentioned their names no. so anonymity is the spiritual connection of all our realities it's something <laughs> i just made up it's not at all but i did get some feedback that it went well good good so yay well there you go awesome our little play stories for the moment yes but, but that's how you know that's how we create connection so and that's how we create a connection with you oh podcast oh, yeah. listener I shook the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and we make eye contact. And 